Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. I am your host, Daniel Gundlach, and I am thrilled to share with you the opera and classical singers about whom I am most passionate. I hope that when you hear these voices, you might echo me in saying, God, I love her, or God, I love him. Now, Without any further ado, I bring you this week's episode. Valley. 
for me Now if you care for me everyone and welcome to Counter Melody. The voice that you just heard was one of the greatest singers that the United States of America has ever produced and also one of my very favorite singers of all time. Eileen Farrell, the amazing dramatic soprano whose repertoire covered the gamut from soup to nuts, if you will, speaking in a musical sense, of course. We're going to focus today on Eileen Farrell's crossover repertoire. We will also hear several key recordings and performances in the so-called classical repertoire as well. I will say this about Eileen Farrell, and I remember talking to my first serious voice teacher, Joan Kaplan, about this. She said, Farrell never changed the way that she sang depending on what the repertoire was that she was singing. She always sang with all of the correct technical principles at whatever volume, in whatever repertoire she was singing. It really is something that makes her exceptional. In 1959, Eileen Farrell recorded what is probably the most successful crossover album of all time, and it's called I've Got a Right to Sing the Blues. This was reissued on CD in the very late 80s or early 90s, and it was called the Eileen Farrell Album, and that also included selections from her follow-up crossover album, and that was called Here I Go Again. In both instances, she was accompanied by Luther Henderson and his orchestra. The first track on that second album was the My Funny Valentine that we just heard. I don't think there's any better example of her singing anywhere. It's so heartfelt, it's so exact, and yet it's so rhapsodic. She's got it together here, folks. What can I say? Now, the fact that this woman could sing like that and then sing like this, it's the sort of thing that makes you sit up and take notice. Oh, 
That was a live performance of Du bist der Lenz from a performance of the first act of Die Valkyrie with Leonard Bernstein and the New York Philharmonic in May 1968. Thank goodness that we have these recordings because they never went into the studio to do them and more's the pity. Eileen Farrell occupies a really unusual place in opera history in that she was one of the great Wagnerian sopranos who never sang Wagner on the opera stage. But she did do a number of performances over the course of her career, even early on in her career. She recorded the Wesen Donk Lieder with Leopold Stokowski and the Act Three of Siegfried with Setz Vanholm and Erich Leinsdorf. Her performances of Wagner extended through the early 70s and maybe even beyond. There were a series of performances that that she did with Leonard Bernstein and the New York Philharmonic. Bernstein was probably her favorite conductor to work with, and he will resurface again at the end of this episode. For now, let's just say that they had enormous musical rapport and I think personal rapport as well. But I was speaking about Wagnerian sopranos and the other great American dramatic soprano, Farrell's direct predecessor, is Helen Traubel, the St. Louis-born soprano who had a career at the Metropolitan until she gave it up in the early 50s to pursue performances of nightclub and cabaret material instead. Since Rudolph Bing refused to give her permission to perform music of this sort and still remain on the roster of the Metropolitan Opera. She went on to make a pop album, and we're just going to hear a really short example from that album from 1957. This is When Day is Done. When day Think of all the joys will that yearning returning to hold you in my arms won't go love. I know love without you. Night has lost its charms when day is done and grass is wet with Twilight's My lonely heart is sinking with the sun Although I miss your tender kiss the whole Traubel also went on to create a role in Rodgers and Hammerstein's not very successful musical Pipe Dream, which was based on a John Steinbeck novel. 
Eileen Farrell herself never appeared on Broadway, but man, did she have the goods. Listen to this, her performance of Hello Young Lovers from her 1961 pop album with Percy Faith and his orchestra called This Fling Called Love. Farrell got her start in performing as a radio singer in the early 1940s. And she had such success doing this that eventually she was offered her own radio program by CBS Radio and went on to sing an enormous amount and a wide range of repertoire. Here's one of her early appearances, circa 1943, with Andrei Kostelanitz and his orchestra. Here she is doing Kiss Me Again from Mademoiselle Modiste of Victor Herbert. Eileen Farrell, whom we plan to present later, has on very short notice arranged to be here today. Miss Farrell's brilliant radio career is known to you all, and next month she will begin a transcontinental concert tour. For her first song today, she has chosen Kiss Me Again by Victor Herbert. 
earliest recordings are mostly of Victor Herbert and Sigmund Romberg Fair. She really excelled in these American operettas that had more than a hint of the continental flavor to them. Now, that recording was from 1943. Let's move forward 50 years. Do you hear me, people? 50 years. Here's her performance of The Lamp is Low, a song by Peter DeRose and Mitchell Parrish that is one of those. I hardly know how to describe it. It's a number that's adapted from a classical piece. In this case, Maurice Ravel's Pavan for Dead Princess. It's pretty remarkable to hear how Farrell's voice changed very, very little over the course of 50 years. The freshness might have been gone, the range might have been somewhat limited, but you hear in that vocalies section how the ease of emission was always there. Now, since we've just heard a little quote-unquote Ravel, let's listen to just a brief excerpt of what Eileen Farrell did in art song repertoire, because she developed into a really significant recitalist. Here's a recording of Beausoir, and that's from a 1960 studio recording on Columbia Records. She's accompanied by George Trovillo. I remember Joan Kaplan. She would play this record for her students as an example of basically how to sing Every fair 
So today, we are going to be listening primarily to excerpts from two of Eileen Farrell's studio recordings of crossover material. The first one we've already heard a little bit of, that's the album with Percy Faith. Right now, we're going to hear another excerpt from that. That's the Harold Arlen, Johnny Mercer song, Out of This World. Everything about this performance is out of this world. What can I say? I'm clean. There were certain composers that Eileen Farrell really understood and performed with great aplomb and uh, I'm not quite sure how to say this. She just knew her way around the music of certain composers. One of them was Harold Arlen, as we've just heard in Out of This World. Now we're going to hear two excerpts from House of Flowers, which was a kind of strange 1954 musical that Arlen did with book and lyrics by none other than Truman Capote. This is the song A Sleepin' Bee. The actor, singer who portrayed this character in the original production was none other than the 19-year-old Diane Carroll, whom we've already heard on the podcast as well. A Sleepin' Bee has gone on to become a standard in the Great American Songbook. It seems to bring out the best in the people that sing it. I can't think of a performance that's better than this one. When you're in love and you are wondering If he really is the one There's an ancient sign sure to tell you If your search is over and done Catch a bee and if he don't sting you You're in a spell that's just begun It's a guarantee Till the end of time your true love you have won have won sleep on me don't wake can't believe what just passed 
keys of mine father taking I'm so happy at last maybe I dreams but he seems sweet golden as a crown a Walks with my feet off the ground when my one true love I has That example that we just heard was from Eileen Farrell's final Columbia crossover record from 1962. That's with Andre Previn, his piano and orchestra. It was called Together With Love, and it's just been reissued at the beginning of this year on this amazing box set from Sony. Every so often they do something right, and man, did they get this right finally to have reissued all of Eileen Farrell's recorded output for that company. This album was the least widely available of her four crossover albums for Columbia, so I was particularly thrilled to get it at the beginning of this year, and it's provided me with so much joy and enjoyment. The next song is also from House of Flowers. That is the song called I Never Has Seen Snow. Again, it was, I believe, sung by the Diane Carroll character. There's a very strange vocal effect that Harold Arlen asks for. It's this strange gliss that goes up, and it's a perpetual challenge to whatever singer takes this on, be that Diane Carroll, be it Audra McDonald, who also recorded it. I don't think anyone ever got it writer than Eileen Farrell. It's this depiction of innocence It's wonder, it's enchantment, it's youth, it's giddiness. You just listen to this. It's so phenomenal. I never have seen snow All the same I Like my love is 
pretty feeble transition, but this character never has seen snow. I'm going to offer you now an example of a character who definitely has seen snow, and that's Solvay from Henrik Ibsen's strange and wonderful epic Pier Gint, or Pier Gint, if you'd like to pronounce it correctly, or somewhat correctly. Of course, the incidental music that Edvard Grieg composed for that piece has become a staple on all concert stages. When we're really lucky, we get to hear a vocal version of that song. And sure enough, when Arthur Fiedler and the Boston Pops recorded this in 1957, they engaged the services of Eileen Farrell to sing Solvay's song. I'm going to play you one verse of that in an English translation, that a voice this size and weight could sing with such delicacy delicacy and ease and floatiness. It's not something one normally encounters. I had not heard this recording before yesterday, and I liked it so much I decided I had to put it in. And it's one of those things that makes me love Eileen Farrell even more than I already did before. This last week, I had a wonderful 
reunion with my dear friend, Peter Nielsen, who's lived in Holland for, God, he's, I won't even say how many years it's been because it's going to make us both look ancient. And I'm more ancient than he is. So we'll just do us both a favor and say he's been over there many years. And he and his delightful husband happened to be in Berlin and we had lunch together. And I told him I was doing this episode on Eileen Farrell. And he goes, oh, I hope you're going to play the Dupuis Le Jour. And I said, I'm not sure I know that recording. I certainly know Eleanor Stieber's recording of that. It's one of the great moments in recorded history. And he said, yes, yes, listen to her recording of Dupuis Le Jour. And sure enough, here it is from the Bell Telephone Hour, a broadcast in June 1953. I'm truncating it slightly as I've truncated every other number in this episode so that I can cram more music in there for you to listen to and enjoy. But here she is singing a portion of Depuis Le Jour. Donald Voorhees is the conductor of the Bell Telephone Hour Orchestra. In an encore broadcast of the Bell Telephone Hour, Donald Voorhees had this to say about Eileen Farrell's 1953 performance of Depuis le Jour. Eileen wasn't eager to sing that aria, but fortunately for all of us, 
I was able to persuade her that it was right for her voice. I don't think any of us can dispute that we're very, very lucky that her radio audiences enjoyed it and that we still are able to enjoy it. So much of this stuff is available on YouTube. If you guys love Eileen Farrell, take a look at all of the radio broadcasts that are available, alongside some pretty fabulous TV appearances as well. Speaking of radio broadcasts, I'm going to offer you a short excerpt from her performance of Samuel Barber's masterpiece, Knoxville, Summer of 1915. I've already offered the entire work on this podcast. I think it is one of the supreme vocal, it's one of the supreme masterpieces, period, of U.S. American music. The text by James Agee is just so haunting. This is a radio performance from June 1949, in which Eileen Farrell is accompanied by Bernard Herrmann, yes, the composer, and the CBS Symphony Orchestra. I've, I've actually got this on an issue of historic performances of music by Samuel Barber, and apparently the first version of this piece was for a much larger orchestra. It was revised then for chamber orchestra, and it was this revised version that Eleanor Stieber recorded so memorably in the early 1950s. This is of the original version that we're going to hear, and unfortunately just a portion of it, but you can also find this on YouTube. If you love this, go listen to the whole thing because it's indescribably beautiful.
now just for our little homosexual sidelight, because as you know, I try to introduce my gay Geschwister as much as possible so that we can celebrate LGBTQ history on this podcast. Samuel Barber, say however you want to put it, avowed or known or admitted. He was just a gay man and his lover for many years and partner was the equally interesting and extremely gifted composer and incredibly handsome Giancarlo Menotti. They both met when they were students at Curtis. Menotti went on to produce some American verismo, including the opera The Consul, which was produced on Broadway and starred the dramatic soprano Patricia Newway in the central role of Magda Sorel. I'm going to offer you now an excerpt from Farrell's recording of Magda's big aria to This We've Come. Thomas Shippers is conducting the Philharmonia Orchestra in this 1958 recording. This is a little irreverent, but there's an oft-repeated story about Eileen Farrell saying to Thomas Shippers, who was trying to give her musical and or vocal advice, something along the lines of, you take care of the beep, and I'll take care of the singing. The beeped out portion (laughs) refers to a sexual activity for which gay men have a particular proclivity, shall we say, and evidently Mr. Shippers also. I've heard that this story was 100% true, but then I've seen it debunked, which is why also it's, you know, this is a family program, so I can't really say. But let's get serious for a moment, because this piece is about as frickin' serious as it gets. It's about a woman who has fallen between the cracks and she keeps going to the consulate to try and get her papers squared away and she encounters bureaucracy, cold-heartedness and closed-mindedness and at the end she ends up with no alternative but to end her life. This moment is Magda Sorel's mad scene, if you will, in which she denounces the heartlessness of the secretary to the consul and proclaims her belief in a world in which neither ink nor seal shall cage our souls. Not easy words to sing, but a sentiment worth holding on to, no matter how purple the prose. As I say, it's serious shit, and this is a hair-raising performance.
Farrell never sang the role of Magda, and she never sang on Broadway, as I said before. But she did grace the opera stage and the stage of the Metropolitan Opera on some occasions, but she had a very conflicted relationship with opera. She also sings in the legendary 1951 recording of Berg's Wozzeck, the first complete recording conducted by none other than that other great gay icon, Dmitri Metropolis. If I were doing a full career retrospective here, I would definitely play you something from that. She also sang roles like Alceste at the Met. She sang La Gioconda. She sang Santuzza. I know she sang San Verdi. I can't even remember what exactly she sang. Oh, she also sang Maddalena in Andrea Chenier, since that was her last role at the Met in 1966. But she did not mince words. Clearly, she was a, a homespun gal who just said what was on her mind, and she didn't really enjoy singing opera very much. This performance that we're going to hear was from New Orleans Opera, with whom she sang Leonora in Forza del Destino, a Verdi, in 1963. This live performance took place just a week before the assassination of John F. Kennedy, and it certainly serves as a beautiful epitaph, albeit a little avant la lettre. time for a very short break. I want to thank all of you again for your support. My listenership is going up. I'm getting more downloads for every episode. I'm very excited about that. Please continue to pass on the word. And remember always to check out my show notes page at countermelodypodcast.com, where you can also download all of the episodes and check out all the photos and other material that I post, including always full information about all of the tracks that I include in 
each podcast episode. For those who would like to support me in other ways, please know that I'm still receiving support via Patreon. I will be doing this for the foreseeable future. I think I've gained two or three more people this past week. Thank you, everyone who contributes. To do that, you visit patreon.com slash countermelody, and there you can pledge your support for as little as $2 a month. All of my supporters receive access to bonus material. Just this past week, I've been preparing an alternative Cole Porter episode to that that I did by Cesare C.A.P. last week. These are of more pop-oriented performances of Cole Porter, often by the people who actually originated the songs. By the way, that episode will also include Eileen Farrell's performance of I've Got You Under My Skin. That'll be going up next week, for those of you who have interest in that, or the other episodes that I posted on Iliana Kotrbash and Renata Scotto. Please check out the Patreon page, and if you can, offer your support there. And now back to the program. Since I was just talking about myself, and since the song that I have always felt a deep, deep kinship with, Danny Boy, was recorded by Eileen Farrell, one of her first studio recordings in 1946, I'm going to offer you a little bit of that, because it's so beautiful, and because she often would sing this repertoire to celebrate her Irish heritage. But when he I'm just going to offer you a whole slew of crossover delights, starting with an excerpt from the brilliant musical Bells Are Ringing, which was written by Julie Stein, with words by Betty Comden and Adolph Green, for Judy Holliday, a singer and actor whose work I have already praised to the skies on the podcast. This song, The Party's Over, gave Judy Holliday a moment to express something 
something beyond her zany, wacky personality and to reveal the depth underneath that. And that's exactly what Eileen Farrell does here with her performance of The Party's Over with Percy Faith and his orchestra. Another brilliant song in the Great American Songbook is But Not For Me by George and Ira Gershwin from the musical Girl Crazy. In this 1962 recording, Eileen Farrell is accompanied by Andre Previn, his piano and orchestra. stars above but not for me with love to lead the way I found more clouds of gray than any Russian play could guarantee I was a fool And also lack a day Although I can't dismiss 
Rogers and Hart at the beginning of the episode. I'm going to bring them up again because I just think their collaboration represents one of the peaks in Broadway musical achievement. This is the song Where or When from Babes in Arms. My Funny Valentine, which we heard at the top of the episode, was also from Babes in Arms. This song is remarkably deep in that it considers that strange feeling that one sometimes has. Some things that happen for the first time seem to be happening again. Who could say it better than yet another great gay icon, Larry Hart, in the words for this song? It seems we stood and talked like this before We looked at each other in the same way then But I can't remember where or when The clothes you're wearing are the clothes you wore The smile you are smiling, you were smiling then But I can't remember where or where Some things that happen for the first time Seem to be happening again Seems that we have met before and loved before and loved before. But who knows Here's another super philosophical song. This is composed by Andre Previn himself to words by his then-wife, Dory Langdon Previn. She's an amazing figure. I can't say enough about her. He really did her dirt when he started up a relationship with her then-very-close friend Mia Farrow, and we all know where that ended up. Dory Previn was a very gifted lyricist and eventually also took to writing her own songs after she found herself dumped, if you 
you will by Andre Previn. This song they wrote together in Happier Days. It's again a very philosophical song that has a beautiful emotional and rhetorical arc. I was going to only play a portion of it but it's such a beautiful song and it unfolds so beautifully that I think I'm going to play the whole thing where I wonder. If I could buy a dream I'd buy a dozen and give the one I love a dream or two Oh I've been taught they might be bought but where I wonder like a rose but where I Back to Andre Previn. Here's another song that he and his then-wife Dory wrote. This was for the film Pepe, in which it was sung by Judy Garland. This is called The Faraway Part of Town, and in this 1961 studio recording, Eileen Farrell is accompanied by Percy Faith and his orchestra. Lonely she roamed through the city 
Here's an interesting and relatively unsung composer whose songs Eileen Farrell sang over the course of her career. The composer's name is Alec Wilder. He composed some amazing, but somewhat less immediately accessible songs. He also wrote a very important book on American popular song. This is from the Andre Previn recording, a song called Everywhere I Look. Words are by his long-term collaborator, William Engvik. We've been talking about people encountering each other in unusual situations. I see the person that I love in every encounter that I have. Everywhere I look, there you are. It's really beautiful. Everywhere I look, there you are. Everywhere I turn, there you A star in the snow. My eyes will deny such a thing can be, but love can make it so. Everywhere. But 
what's that to you and me? I look into my heart and there you are. The flip side of that happiness is this very sarcastic and wonderfully caustic song, also by Alec Wilder from later in his life. The words are by Lunas McGloan. He was responsible for many of the late career recordings that Eileen Farrell made between 1988 and 1985. There are 10 of these late career releases, and they're all quite wonderful. She did a full album of Alec Wilder songs. She actually created this song, which, according to the liner notes, had just been sitting somewhere in a piano bench until Lunas McGloan, who's also the lyricist, dug it up. Look for winter weather Next time we're together It's gonna be a cold, cold It's gonna be a cold, cold day My advice is get an extra load of stove wood for your bin Cause you never know but what the snow will be up to your chin Don't look for your hero Till it's below zero It's gonna be a cold, cold day In the meantime I am gonna stay away So we've just been talking about cold days, probably cold days in hell. As we round the bend to the final material on this podcast, I want to offer, it's not exactly a happy song, but it does reference a different season. That's spring. Once again, Rogers and Hart. Spring is here from I Married an Angel, which has some hidden gems in it. Certainly spring is here is one of the more famous ones. I adore the way that Eileen Farrell gives this full-throated, open-hearted expression. It really encapsulates what was so special about her. And I hope that that's really been made clear to you over the course of this episode.
does my heart go dancing? Spring is here. Why isn't the waltz entrancing? No desire, no Because we've encountered so many gay brethren throughout this episode, I think this last selection is particularly appropriate. I had mentioned that Eileen Farrell and Leonard Bernstein were beloved colleagues and collaborators. Here they are singing that profoundly moving song, Some Other Time, from the review-styled World War II musical On the Town, words by Betty Comden and Adolph Green, both of whom also starred in the piece when it was first performed on Broadway. It was the final performing reunion of Leonard Bernstein and Eileen Farrell. And it took place on December 7th, 1986, on the stage of the Public Theater. The occasion was a benefit for AMFAR, the American Foundation for AIDS Research. I don't even know how to describe this song. It laments the passing of time. It laments how little time we actually have to spend together. It delights in the contact, the love that people share, however brief. And there's something about this performance that is uniquely and profoundly moving. 24 hours can go you look around, the day has passed. When you're in love, time is precious stuff. Even a lifetime isn't enough. Where has the time all gone? Yeah. 
Please join me next week when I'll bring you yet another episode in the Crossover Classics mini-series. I've got some fun stuff up my sleeve. Meanwhile, and until then, my dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. We'll catch up some other time. <laughs>